This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet and try to turn them into stories that are actually good. My name is Gabriel Urbina, and I am your first Bad Ideas host. My name is Sarah Shackett. I'm your second Bad Ideas host. And my name is Zach Valenti, your third Bad Ideas host. Here we are, second show of the year. Very, very excited to dive into some bad ideas. Zach, Sarah, how are you both doing today? Oh, fine, fine. Doing well. About to be ruined, but you know, let's go. Excited to be the first bringer of badness in this new episode. For anybody who is new to this show, this is the show where we take god-awful ideas from news stories, uh, from other sources of information on the foibles of our lovable species, and uh, we try and mash them into fiction, uh, whether that be in the shape of movies, video games, books. And with that, I invite you all to geekwire.com for something close to my heart. Office Space Movie gave Zulili Engineer a blueprint for financial fraud, prosecutors allege. This is like the 1999 Office Space Movie? Yes. All right. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. Which I, I love. And if you haven't seen, you should absolutely go see. Spoilers abound. It's been out for God, 1999. So, you know. Former Zulili software engineer allegedly stole more than $300,000 from the company through multiple schemes, including one inspired by the 1999 movie Office Space, according to new charging documents filed by prosecutors. Just a quick, what is Zulili? Very good question, Gabriel. Zulili.com is a e-commerce website, jewelry, clothing, apparel, all sorts of toys and things for the home. Cool. Okay, so I only feel moderately bad that they got some money stolen from them. Yeah, what's $300,000 amongst corporations? <laughs> you know. No, the alleged fraud didn't involve a red stapler or smashing printers in a field. Instead, prosecutors say Ermanildo Ernie Valdez Castro of Tacoma, Washington, altered the Seattle-based e-commerce company's code to divert shipping fees from Zulili customer to a Stripe account that he controlled. Evidence against Valdez includes notes in which he referred to the plan as the, quote, office space project in an apparent <laughs> reference to the storyline in the cult classic film in which an IT worker embezzles fractions of cents from individual transactions. Yikes. Beautiful. It's just art inspires life, inspires art today. Uh, in a probable cause certification, Seattle police detective Nicholas Cartes uh, said Castro, after waiving his Miranda rights, confirmed in an interview that he, quote, named his scheme to steal money from Zulili after the movie. <laughs> a man who's really, truly proud of his work. Castro, who joined Zulili in 2018, also allegedly stole money using code that doubled charges for some Zulili customers for shipping. 
Separately, Castro also manipulated the prices of items sold by Zulili and bought them for pennies on the dollar, according to the charges. Speaking with police detectives, Castro claimed that Zulili was aware of various elements of these plans, saying they were part of his role of conducting tests for the company, even though the funds were going to his personal Stripe account. The probable cause certification added, quote, when asked where the money now is, he stated it was, quote, gone. He clarified that he had used the money to invest in stock options, particularly game stock options, and reiterated oh, wow. that oh, wow. all the money was now gone. He denied purchasing any physical assets with that money. Zulili fired Castro on June 9th, what a surprise, after the company investigated his price adjustment scheme, according to court filings. The company then found evidence of the alleged shipping fee theft on his laptop. Castro was arrested on June 21st, according to court records. He was charged last week on two counts of first-degree theft and first-degree identity theft. He's scheduled to appear mm. in court for arraignment uh, this January 26th. So maybe we'll get some updates on this story later this sure, year. Sure, sure. Uh, founded in 2009, uh, Zalili went public in 2013 and was acquired two years later for $2.4 billion nope. by some retail no, group. No, no, I do not feel bad for them at all in yeah. that case. Never mind. I am downgrading my sympathy <laughs> to yeah, non-existent. The, this media giant that is comprised of brands such as QVC, HSN, those are like shopping channels and others. Zalili's revenue decreased 39% in the third quarter to $200 million. This conglomerate reported earlier this month, and the company employs more than 800 people in the Seattle area, according to LinkedIn. And what this guy stole was 300000 300000 correct. Uh, yeah. So with that, I put 10 compartment chain minutes on the clock. I mean, so the first thing that comes to mind is one of those annoying ideas that is an amazing idea that unfortunately I will not be able to tell you anything about it beyond the first sentence because mm -hmm. it's just a group of thieves that does heists that are themed after movies, but the movies aren't heists. It isn't like they're doing, oh, let's do an Ocean's Eleven heist. No, no, no. It's like they're doing a heist with like Kramer versus Kramer <laughs> or, you know, or a Goodwill hunting heist or something like that. Here's my adjust for that is that we, we game night this up a notch. Okay. okay. And it's, it's, it's a group of people who think they are participating in some sort of like immersive LARP experience, but really it's a heist. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. Like a fake escape room group that like brings a bunch yeah, of people. Think, think that they're going to be having an office space night, but in the end they end up committing <laughs> fraud. <laughs> I, what a what a what a thing to find attractive of just kind of like yeah guys let's all get together and have an office space night i don't know man no 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 no. i hear you i hear you and i'm sure there would be some people for it nostalgia is a hell of a drug it's a hell of a drug man although i don't know who's nostalgic for 1999 that was a I weird time that either, but. but okay let me let me see if i'm following this so Bob and Alice or whoever, they are a nice married couple. They're looking for something fun to do. They see an ad somewhere that is come and, you know, take part in our let's just go with office space. It's the one that was there. Office space themed escape room or whatever. And you'll sort of like come and you'll do in the and you'll like be in the office. There'll be a red stapler. You'll have to break the printer. And you need to kind of find like hints and clues. And then when you find the hints and the clues, you can put the password in like the main central computer terminal. And, you know, like there's some confetti and some cake and congratulations, you did it. But seated throughout the experience of finding the clues and typing in the password and whatever, 
is actually a series of things that are triggering money to be moved from account A to account B. Right. But the mastermind has never touched anything. Like the mastermind is just like, no, your honor, it was Bob and Alice that typed the things. And like Alice is like, wait, this seems like a lot of personal data. And Bob is like, it's all part of the experience, babe. Look at how thorough they were. They, You know, it's like the attention to detail is what makes it incredible. Art. Right, 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 right. OK, right, OK, right. OK. I can follow this. I don't know how you escalate that or what happens, but this is what I've got based on. Well, here's the question. Here's the question. Is the protagonist Bob and Alice or is the protagonist the Nicolas Cage from Matchstick Men, but for the 21st century <laughs> hilarious con man that has put together the, you know, yeah. the thing. And if he is the protagonist, then his marks can't be Bob and Alice. Like it needs to be the son of the president of Fuck You Oil, the company that is destroying the environment, really loves office space. And so he has to kind of create this as a way to like get the money from Fuck, fuck you, you oil's oil. main accounts or something that's right, like that. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm here for that. Uh, and that this is like meant to be a fuck you oil team building exercise. <laughs> yes, I like that. That's that's great. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turns out that the HR minion who's organized this is actually a mastermind um, who is going to bring the company down from the inside. Right. Either that or the first step in the plan is kind of that, like, we need to get hired for this gig, which means right. that we kind of need to sabotage the people that normally do it. It needs to be sort of like a very sudden thing that makes them not be able to provide the training and the HR bonding experience. The more we talk this out, though, the more I think we need to borrow from just a real deep well of American cinema. Uh-huh. Uh, saw. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I want to go too deep into that well, Zach. That, that well, there's some never stuff seen down there. a Saw movie. I speak with yeah, authority. Wait, wait a minute, uh-huh. wait a minute. Just uh-huh. to be clear, because I think that like this is true. Between the three of us, we have seen a grand total of zero Saw movies, <laughs> yes, I correct? Think, I think I may have seen That's like correct. two or three scenes from a Saw movie <laughs> and decided it was not for me. <laughs> I don't like the Princess Bride that much. Oh, God. Um, is there any relationship between Saw and the Princess Bride? Uh, Carrie Ewells is oh, in fuck. the first Saw movie. Gotcha, gotcha. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Um, but yes, but point taken with our grand total of no knowledge whatsoever of the Saw movies. Like my like understanding is we are firmly positioned from the perspective of the participants. Uh-huh. And it's like a slow unfolding of horror. And I think in this case, it's like we sort of start with some stuff like kind of setting up the company as evil. Maybe the employees as like uh, basically well-meaning, but complicit in the mm-hmm, evil. Mm-hmm. And maybe some are like more directly responsible and they'll have their comeuppance and just desserts sure. sort of scaled proportionately. Well, I mean, if we get Ryan Johnson to direct this, then we can sort of do like a it's reset a halfway. Story. <laughs> yeah. Halfway through the movie and like see the same thing from a different perspective. Right. So you can have right. sort of people going through the and then run the tape back. And really, yeah. Janelle Monet has been behind this all along. No, like, right. like, yeah, like, I like that. The first 50 minutes, you think it's just like, oh, they're just some um, schmoes working for a company. Who cares? Like, it's just meant to be a random, sympathetic group of people at a company. We've all been there. And then at a certain point, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. This is fuck you oil. These are the people that, you know. Yeah, they covered up an oil spill that like is why we don't have puffins anymore. 
that were right. bribing the government of Ecuador to take away the economic or like to take away the environmental protections or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that there's a lot of oil in Ecuador. Um, make that of Venezuela or wherever. Yeah. Wherever. Just, you know, I think Ecuador is like if they were ruining the Galapagos, they would. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Which I don't know why you would do that, but. OK, but I like this. I like I yeah. like this turn, Zach, of, you know, you start already in it and it only goes further from there. Right, right, right. Two minutes and 40 seconds. Where is further from there? <laughs> <laughs> and also, what's it called? Who's it? You know, who's our ensemble? Uh, sure, sure. I sure. mean, I mean, if we're really leaning into the saw of it all, <laughs> I mean, like it's probably culminating in some like terrible thing where it's like, you know, well, they have to burn the office down in order to cover it up. And then they, like it has an office space, but they all die this time. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And like there's something that is presented as sort of the horrible decision that is, you know, yeah, you can get away with it all if you just do this and then they do it. And it's like, ah, got you, suckers. You know, troll face. This is actually the thing that draws the most attention. Yeah. This right. is the thing that causes the overhead cameras that were recording you the entire time to immediately start uploading to YouTube or whatever. Yeah. 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 I like um, that. I like that. Yes. I, I'm trying to think about our cast of characters here. Anyone who's been on the White Lotus is fair game for <laughs> like the, these these employees. Yeah. With the, the setup, I think it now needs to be like kind of like C-suite level people. Yeah. You know, like it needs yeah. to like we're no longer having Jim, the IT guy here. No, no, like no. this is now like fairly high level people. No, if it's the if the intern is there, it's because he was like forced to work late and got invited out of pity and is like a wrench thrown into the plan of this mastermind. Right. right. Or because he's the son of a super super high a person yeah. in the like, you know, executive ladder there. And he was just kicked out of Princeton for a sexual harassment scandal. And so they're quietly giving him a job to do until they can rehabilitate his image or something like that. Hey, no prisoners. It is. You have 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad title for the movie. Just take no, no prisoners. prisoners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or corporate takeover. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot, too. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. really, really good. I'm trying to think about who's the mastermind, if not Nicolas Cage. It could be Nicolas Cage. It but... could be Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, has, has Scarlett Johansson done something unhinged in a while? I feel like she hasn't. Unfortunately, all the unhinged things that Scarlett Johansson does tend to be about playing roles that she shouldn't play. That's fair. So this would be, I think, a good kind yes. of unhinged for her. An adjustment. I'm trying yeah. to think of like unassuming ladies to be the mastermind. Yeah, but like Johansson would be good. Kira Knightley, does she yeah. want to go crazy? She'd be great. <laughs> On that. That's time. Well, you know, I'm really glad <laughs> that our uh, knowledge of the Saw movies <laughs> served as well. Carried us through. <laughs> I love what you've done with the place. Thank you what? for taking this idea from one of my favorite little cult classics and uh, refictionalizing the crime. I feel absolutely no need to watch any of the Saw movies after this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, well, let's go not watch the Saw movies for a little bit, and we'll be right back after a quick commercial break. Hey there, Zach Valenti here with a quick reminder that if you love No Bad Ideas or any of the podcasts Gabrielle, Sarah, and I create, you can support us with a monthly membership 
at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. For as little as $1 a month, you can get access to the No Bad Ideas back catalog and hear every bad idea we've ever done. And as an Idealist member, you could even snag a special shout-out in the credits. You can learn more and sign up today at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. Once more, that's nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. All right, and with that, let's get back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to No Bad Ideas. We're going to dive headfirst into our second bad idea of the day. I think perhaps the final, final, final story of the holiday season Mm -hmm. 2022. Are you guys ready to jump on in? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Link will be in the episode description for anybody that wants to read along with this article from the Huffington Post. The article headline reads, Arizona police ticket driver for carpooling with inflatable Grinch. Double taking, (laughs) double taking hard. I want to know more. Jumping into the article itself. The Grinch came early for an Arizona driver who tried to pass off an inflatable figure of the Dr. Seuss character as a passenger. Ah, I see. I see. The Arizona Department of Public Safety says a state trooper last week noticed a car in a high occupancy vehicle lane on Interstate 10 in Phoenix with a suspicious looking green passenger. While the gag may have caused the officer's heart to grow, it did not stop the driver from getting excited for being in in a HOV lane during a restricted time. The agency, however, could not help but post a photo of the Grinch figure with the driver's face blurred on its Twitter account. And yes, if you visit the article, you can see the photo. It's worth a look. It's quite funny. Officials say they appreciate the festive flair, but that the driver's action was still illegal. They are urging motorists to follow traffic laws. That's it. That's all that I have for you today. It's short. It's sweet. It's festive. I personally think that it is hilarious that out of all the inflatable things that you could pick, you picked one that looks extremely not human. But I'm very curious to see where you guys might take this car. So I'm going to put 10 minutes on the clock starting right now. That's a good point, because it's like it's extremely it's either extremely hopeful or extremely arrogant. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. And it feels that if it was arrogant, they just wouldn't have anything. They would just be like, oh, nobody checks these things, whatever. Who cares? Right. But for whatever reason. Why do you have an inflatable Grinch? And just that, yeah. you know, I have so many questions. <laughs> less arrogant and less lazy than an inflatable sex doll, because mm-hmm. there aren't Grinch stores along the highway. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Correct. An excellent point. Yep. Yep. So it, it like kind of weirdly strikes me like a cry for help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he wanted to get caught at some level. Or like the Grinch doll is talking to him. And I mean, there's that kind of, you know, Harvey style. Yeah. This is is a Lars and the real girl situation. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, there's also like the taking it a step further and there's like an actual Grinch. I mean, to keep with the saw theming, it might be, you know, the the, the holidays are over. This guy was about to throw away the inflatable Grinch that they got for their front yard. And then Mm -hmm. as he was about to do it, this, you know, he just heard this voice coming from the inflatable Grinch just kind of being, you know, don't you dare, Joe. 
don't throw me away or bad stuff's going to happen, Joe. Come on. I, I feel like I just got the seed of a heartwarming Christmas tale uh-huh. pitched mm-hmm. where in order to have his heart grow three times its size, he needs to do a series of errands with the Grinch. <laughs> but like, but like with a, with a very mean Grinch. Is this court ordered? I want this to be court ordered. <laughs> so, so I'm wondering, I feel like there's maybe some thread to pull on and where is this person going? Like, where do they need to get to so badly? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. the HOV yeah. lane is a must. <laughs> the Grand Canyon, they're in Arizona. And like in the rush that they need to get into, the unenviable decision of do I risk going without anybody or do I stick the only thing I have that looks vaguely like a person in this seat? <laughs> so it depends. And like there's a couple of variables at play here that I think might be good to like nail down. One is the variable of, is this triggered by the man having whatever is happening to him that would cause him to think that this inflatable Grinch doll is actually talking to him and giving him like tasks that he needs to accomplish? Because then, then it's just kind of one of those, like the Grinch doll says that we need to do this as quickly as possible. So just, just stick the Grinch doll in like the co-pilot seat. Yeah. Like maybe the co- maybe the Grinch doll wasn't there to let him use the HOV lane. The Grinch lane was there to navigate because, you know, the Grinch lane is telling him where they need to go. Well, right, right, right. The Grinch is like, shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) If that is not the case, if this is some bizarre, he committed some kind of crime and the court has mandated him to just like have this Grinch doll with him the entire time, I think that that is when we need sort of a, like, he's realizing that his son has forgotten something very important for the field trip that he's about to go on or that, you know, the love of his life is about to get on an airplane and go away and he made a terrible mistake, whatever. Hilariously, this may also define whether this is happening relatively early in the movie or relatively late in the movie, because. Yeah. Yeah. Like this could be the climactic car chase or it might just be the first of many things that this like visionary Grinch is making him do. I'm kind of intrigued by the idea of a hot start and like this is the first thing that happens in this movie. <laughs> but then you can have have him taking the Grinch to like mundane places. Sure. Sort of across like if he's if he's bringing like his son lunch that he forgot for school. But, you know, it's a city where you need to go on the interstate for three exits in order to get anywhere. Yeah. 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 Then, you know, just having I'm charmed by the idea of like having a scene, a dialogue scene between two people at a coffee shop that's, you know, over two <laughs> shots. And then finally you reveal that the Grinch is also there, inflatable and just sort sure. of like sagged in the chair. <laughs> like that strikes me as delightful. Oh, no. And I like and I also like the image where like at some point someone needs to get taken somewhere and they're like, cool, um, let me right up front. Let me just move this like Grinch doll. And the Grinch is no, like, no, 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 no. don't you dare. I said shotgun. I called yeah. it. Yeah. And the guy has to kind of be like, I actually I would prefer. Man, if Will Ferrell ever makes another Lifetime movie, it should be this. Yeah, that'd be pretty mm, great. He would be really good for this. Here's a question. Is the Grinch in his mind pre or post the Grinch Stole Christmas film? That's a fantastic question. Yeah, because like, is this God loving, just like happy Grinch or is this Grinchy Grinch? I don't think it can be happy Grinch. No, you know what it could be? It could be um, the Grinch post movie 
but now he's taken it all too far. Mm. Like, you know, this movie is happening like January 3rd when all the Christmas decorations are coming down. And this Grinch's mission is, don't you dare. Christmas is for all year round. Yeah, Christmas is forever. (laughs) And you need to like drive down to, you know, like this like mall down downtown Phoenix where they're taking down the big Christmas tree. Don't you dare. We're going to stop it together, pal. It's you and me all the way. Christmas 365. (laughs) Christmas terrorist. (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Um, And so the Grinch has to learn a lesson about moderation. Is that (laughs) what I'm hearing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, but like maybe the maybe the heart only needed to grow like twice instead of three times yeah, or however yeah, yeah. many times it grew. Yeah, that's right. That's but right. But like boundaries and space are also are important also to loving people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. But yeah, but like that may be the thing. Like it may be sort of this Grinch that like you know, and like any time that they ran into something where someone is throwing out a Christmas tree or something, it's like stop the car, stop the car. We need to we need to stop this right now. I love that. We 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 probably should settle on like what our protagonist's deal is and if it's a parallel or like an opposite problem that they have that interacting with the Grinch is going to activate. Oh, I think that one's easy. I think that Will Ferrell, who I'm now just plugging into this, is sure, like sure, sure. the guy in his family. You know, he's married. He's got like two kids. His like wife's dad lives with them because he's getting old now. Everyone in his house fucking loves Christmas. Everyone is all goddamn in on Christmas. Mm -hmm. They're one of those people that have like all out decorations. People like drive by to see the Robin's house every December because they go all out. And he is so fucking over it. Like he just like thinks that it's super annoying. And his favorite fucking day of the year is January 3rd when he can put all that shit away. (laughs) This is incredibly dark. But if like. Zoe Deschanel is down, and this is a stealth <laughs> elf sequel. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't acknowledge the existence of that other movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like, it just sort of implies. <laughs> it just implies that, like, in the intervening years, some stuff. Some went stuff down. happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I am 100% down for this. Yes. John Favreau, you're not busy, right? <laughs> you got time. You have 50 seconds on the clock. What is this called? How does it end? I'm so afraid to ask. I mean, fuck Christmas. <laughs> it has to end with like Will Ferrell bringing the inflatable Grinch to like a Christmas tree farm. Mm. or something like that finding the appropriate spot for him either that or like the mall of phoenix burning to the ground like (laughs) one or the other why not both could be both no like you can combine it like they can burn the mall of phoenix down and it's implied that will ferrell and the grinch both like perish there but then the movie cuts to four years later and they're out somewhere in this like you know christmas tree farm looking haggard he's got a gnarly beard now the inflatable grinch is Mm -hmm, all messed up mm -hmm, but there mm -hmm. they are still together making christmas trees i love it Uh, that is time god damn well that certainly took off and just did not look back much like people do in the hov HOV lane lane. yeah Yeah. i was gonna say as one should in an hov lane with a grinch Boy, oh boy. What a bizarre thing to have. Uh, yeah, that is uh, like that is the main thing that I want to know. Just kind of, you know, wh- 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 why, what? Do, why do you have it? Yeah, why? <laughs> well, because your family's obsessed with Christmas decorations. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. One of them just starts talking to you. Uh, it, it writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we can go. We can go let it write itself. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with more No Bad Ideas. 
This has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabrielle Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show possible. And a special shout out to our idealist members, Jeffrey Felsher, Gemma, Rena, Robert Johnson, and Leap Flame. Today's episode features music by State Shirt and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you really love this show, let us know by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen and consider sharing it with someone you love.